Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. A group of rural TDs put down a doll motion, or will be putting down a doll motion in the coming weeks, calling for emergency laws to tackle the energy crisis. It's a bit time somebody's doing something, isn't it? Eamon Ryan's answer all the time is, oh, but sure, look, it's going to happen and it's going to get worse. And sure, I'll have a snooze while it does. Anyway, among its demands will be the reopening of power stations and power generation stations in Lanesbridge, Shannon Bridge, which were closed, of course, because the peak power stations, what, three years ago now? And they are, they are also going to be calling for a ban on any threat to turn off power for domestic customers, hospitals, schools, and nursing homes. Pater Tobin of Aintu says the government needs to put manners on the outrageous behaviour of the ESB and he joins me on the line. Pater, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. Okay, first of all, let's get that last line. Uh, you, you said the government needs to put manners on the outrageous behaviour of the ESB. Do you want to explain that in a bit more detail? Yeah, so first of all, we're in obviously a, a phenomenal energy crisis at the moment and many people are, are lying awake at night time wondering if they can pay the bills or not, what bills they'll be able to pay this month or what bills they'll have to pay next month. Many businesses are at the edge of existence due to the, uh, the spike in the, the amount of money that they're paying on energy uh, at the moment. And at the same time, we have a semi-state company called ESB, which is, has made one of its highest levels of profit ever uh, in the last year. So 679 million euros worth of, of profit. Um, and it doesn't make sense that we have this semi-state gouging people and businesses at a time of enormous energy crisis. And it, it reminds me of the semi-state, the DAA up in the airport, who charged the highest amount for car parking charges of any airport in the whole of Europe. And again, it's another semi-state gouging the people who actually own the company. And um, so we, we, we I mean, if, they, if they weren't, if we go back to the profit of the ESB were making back in, and by the way, they have to make obviously profits. There are profits to be made. And there's also, also a system and a grid to be maintained. But if you go back to, say, 2019, those profits, you say, obviously now are a lot more. And by the way, the government are also making a huge profit at the moment as well on VAT in relation to energy. But those profits that are being made, I mean, firstly, people will say, well, you can't stop people making profit or certainly I know it's semi-state and I understand the point that you're making. But if they weren't making that extra bit of profit, would it make a huge difference to the amount that we're going to be paying on energy bills? Because isn't that not directly reflected by what's happening around the world? And I'm not just going to do what every politician does and blame Ukraine. We were in an energy crisis long before Ukraine happened. Well, there's, there's, absolutely. There's a lot of contributing factors to this. There's a, a myriad of ingredients contributing to, to the increase in fuel and absolutely international factors is, is a major problem. But there's no way that we can allow for levers that are within our control to be still gouging us at this time of difficulty. The government have a, a large range of levers that they could be pulling which would ease the pressure on families and the ESB is just one of those. But you, you're right. Could, va- could we va- not? I mean, Pat, you're a clever man. Could we not do what the French are doing? I know they rely very much on nuclear power. Slightly different argument. I understand that. But they have capped it at no more than a 4% increase per year, whereby the government would pay the rest. In Ireland, we use approximately 26 billion kilowatt hours of electricity per year. Uh, if you work it out roughly on the increase that we've seen over the last two years, if the government were to pay that increase, i.e. to go back to the prices we were paying back in 2020, for example, it would cost the state roughly between 2.5 and 3 billion uh, euro to 
fund that extra for the Irish people and Irish business to avoid the cost of living rising. Why hasn't that been a suggestion when we can pull billions out of the hat, you know, for COVID-19? We can pull billions out of the hat uh, to, you know, uh, I suppose host Ukrainian refugees. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just saying we, if we can pull billions out of the hat there, why can't we pull billions to save the Irish people and save the Irish economy? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that that's one of, one of the issues that they could do. And, and actually, in our bill that you're going to see uh, next week, we will actually call for a, a cap on electricity prices and for the governments to pay the differential between the market rate and that cap uh, into the future. So it's it, exactly what you suggested. We're talking about doing that going forward. But like, like for example, VAT and, car- and carbon tax at the moment. It is bananas that the government are actually making more on VAT and carbon tax today than they did before the energy crisis started. And the whole idea of a carbon tax, we were told, is to motivate people out of fossil fuels by raising the price. But the price has gone so high at the moment, there's nobody consuming fossil fuels because they want to do it. Everybody that can move out of fossil fuels has done it or is doing it. So carbon tax is not a motivational tax. It's purely a punitive tax at a time of energy crisis. And the same for VAT. Like the, 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 the government have told us about the European Union saying that they can't reduce uh, VAT. Uh, I don't believe that for a second. In Spain, VAT has been reduced uh, on petrol and diesel, and that has made a major difference uh, to people in terms of, of the price of fuel. Uh, everybody gets a discount now in, at the pumps uh, in Spain because of the decisions that the government have, have made. And it seems to me that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael at the moment are hamstrung by the Green Party. You know, there was a, a, before the election, there was a, a poster which said, vote, vote green, get green. But it seems to me that if you vote green, you get an energy crisis. Uh, and now we're facing the winter with two things happening. A potential for electricity and not to be uh, available all the time. So that means the lights and the heat in businesses and homes gone for periods of time and excruciating price rises where people can't afford it. So people paying a, 120 quid to fill their, their tank of, of uh, petrol in their car, and 50 quid of that is going into the pockets of the government. So you know, we're, we're saying that you know, the government needs to look at a whole range of different solutions to fix it. And, and one I, mean, of the I, know, I, know, I know you're saying we're hamstrung with the Green Party, and last year there was an article, and this is, by the way, in October last year, so before the war in Ukraine, European countries, as RT News, European countries have called for a coordinated response to the global surge in energy prices. They say action is necessary to protect poorer households against fuel poverty and to safeguard Europe's plans to reach net carbon neutrality by 2050. So we still seem to be heading on this target, even at the behest of the people doesn't really matter. As long as we get to net zero by 2050, sure, everything will be grand. Yeah, and, and again, those plans were made at a time uh, before this particular crisis a- existed. And, you know, if you were to really highlight the difference between the Irish approach and the other European countries' approach, and people would have seen this in social media, is the level of gas storage that we have in this state. So most of the European countries have invested significantly over the summer when prices were low to stockpile on gas so that in the winter, when the pressure comes in gas supplies, they can feed in uh, the stockpile into the system, which means that they may get through the winter without there being a break in the, in, in the supply of gas. One country in Europe has no gas storage at all, and that is Ireland. And the Green Party have been arguing against it for months and months. Indeed, it was part of the, the programme for governments that there wouldn't be a gas storage 
system in this state. And again, that's absolutely short-sighted. wrong. Short-sighted. Of course it's short-sighted. Okay, so in the Dáil motion and the emergency laws that you're talking about, firstly, you're going to demand that the government reopen the power generating stations at Lanesburg and Shannon Bridge, of course, which were closed because they burned peat and coal. You also are asking the government then to subsidise people's bills and to cap the price. And I'm assuming you want to cap it at rates, not the rates currently at the moment, but to cap it at the rates uh, post the crisis. And uh, I, I assume so. That is the case. Yeah, no, we are, we are we are going to look for, we're not looking for a cap on these peaks prices. We're looking for a cap on, on, on lower prices. Okay. And we believe that the government can pay for most of that just through reducing. Well, uh, it would be, don't get me wrong, it'll be expensive. But as I said, we've put money out of the hat before. And, you know, the beneficial effects for the country on the cost of living, on jobs, on small businesses, which are suffering badly. I seen one, somebody put up on Twitter, a small restaurant or cafe, they got a bill for nine grand for one for two months. Uh, they're also, and you're also calling for a ban on any threat to turn off the power for domestic users, hospitals, schools and nursing homes. Practically everybody, I suppose, business too. So in other words, this threat that's constantly looming that they will not deny or not admit, they keep, we keep asking them about it and they go, oh, it's a possibility, it's a possibility that mm-hmm. they're going to turn off and we'll be in the dark for Christmas. You think that threat needs to be taken away? Yeah, we, we, we need to lift that threat uh, on people. And another, you mentioned the European Union there a, a, a minute ago. Um, another issue that's happened recently which has had a disastrous effect over the supply of uh, electricity in this state is the European Union wanted Ireland to move from the normal procurement uh, that would happen between air grids uh, and electricity companies in the provision of electricity to a, an auction system, or the RESS scheme. So what's happened over the last number of years is the government have held auctions, uh, electricity suppliers have bidded in those auctions to become suppliers into the grid, um, and then have, many of them have won contracts, uh, and then many of them have decided, well, they're not going to bother filling those contracts. Uh, and what it means is each year that this happens, um, only a, a proportion of the procurement actually materialises. Uh, and and that leaves us in, 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 okay. in, in trouble. So that needs to be altered as well. Okay. Well, we look, I, well I, I need to get on to the next two things very yeah. quickly. And I think people would be delighted, by the way, in relation to that motion that many of you guys would be putting down. Hopefully the government will listen. I doubt it very much. But Stephen Donnelly, of course, finds himself in hot water. Um, just uh, I suppose like Robert Troy previously but not, obviously not in the same vein but it, because he failed he said it was an oversight uh, he said I missed it it was my fault it was my mistake he's admitted now obviously in a press conference today that he failed to register his property with the Residential Tenancy Board now he didn't just fail in one year it was three years uh, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar have backed him Sinn Féin have even said that you know that they well, I'm saying suggesting they're backing him but he shouldn't have to resign over it um, do you believe enough is being done when here are the government who are telling people they are rogue landlords if they don't register with the Residential Tenancy Board, and yet one of their own doesn't bother either. Yeah, well, this is, this is no minor error whatsoever. Um, the Minister, uh, Stephen Donnelly, broke the law three years in a row. And the, the interesting thing is here is that Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar have shown time and time again that they tolerate ministers who break the law. They tolerated... Uh, Robert Troy, the only, way, the only reason Robert Troy resigned is because of the pressure that came on him uh, through the media. But there's, there's absolutely no desire, I can see, by Michal Martin, Leo Vracker, to, to clean up the act 
of their TDs. But what should should happen to Stephen Donnelly? I mean, don't get me wrong, the RTB have claimed quite clearly that a person who does not comply with the responsibility to register tenancy uh, faces a criminal conviction, a fine of up to €4,000 or six months imprisonment if convicted, in addition to a court-imposed fines, the landlord will also have to pay the RTB's legal costs, which can cost in the region two and a half grand. Now, he said he paid a fine of 100 quid, although I heard somebody on the radio this morning saying they were 20 days late and they've had to pay double the 90 quid uh, registration fee, which was 180. So he got away lightly for three years, didn't he? He did, and, and listen, he, like he is a rogue landlord, and, and the reason Sinn Féin have not called for him to go is because Sinn Féin have the same practice amongst their own TDs, and we saw that Johnny Girk, um, at a TD in my own constituency, just who owns, he's a landlord of four properties, himself admits that he didn't register one of those properties with the RTB over a period of time. So what do, do, you have, do you have any properties, Pat? No, I, I have no property except the house that I live in the uh, that live with, with the family. Okay. Um, and, so, and do you think there's going to be, and, and, do you think the there's be a few being, more come out of the woodwork? Or, because, of the, course, they were all running to the RTB last week after Robert Troy, because I'm sure they were all checking themselves. Do you think there's going to be a few more will come out of the woodwork? But there's a couple of reasons, a couple of things. First of all, there's nothing wrong with being a landlord. No, of course not. And landlords are, are a key part of the rental process. And, you know, we need to make it viable for landlords to function if we want a proper rental market for people. But the problem is, I believe, is that one in 50 of the population are landlords, but nearly one in two of the population of the Dáil and the Shannon are landlords. And as a result, we have a very skewed attitude amongst those TDs in terms of, you know, where, where their loyalties lie. So if you're a landlord with a heap of properties like Robert Troy, you're motivated by prop, uh, profits on those properties. Now, as a TD, your motivation, your prime motivation should actually be helping your constituents. And there lies the conflict with a landlord class, you know, which it makes up so many of the TDs uh, in, in, in the doll. The second point I want to make is that, you know, Politicians are always calling for reform of the dog. They're always calling for new laws to, to be changed to reform. But the parties, especially Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Sinn Féin, they can actually add to that reform by just cleaning up their own act. You know, they could actually do an audit of their own TDs and say, listen, we want to know exactly what's going on with every single TD. Every candidate they select to run, they, need, they can do a, a check to see have they, have they all their, 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 their ducks in a row and everything in order. But those parties are not doing that. And, and, and as so a result, should, so as long as they happen? ignore the behaviour of their own TDs, we're always going to have this crack Okay, so, so, what, so what should happen now, just, just finally in relation to that, what should happen now with Stephen Donnelly? He said he's messed up, he said he's sorry, he said it was his fault, his mistake. Well, if, if, it was if, three if, years, mind you, so big mistake. Were in government, if Ain Tu were in government, we would be calling uh, for him to resign. Um, to be honest, I think uh, Minister Donnelly has proved himself uh, unable to do the job that he's asked to do in the health services. 900,000 people uh, who are on a, a hospital waiting list at the moment. We have record waiting okay. times uh, for A&Es around the state. We have the HSC making a fool of Minister Donnelly, you know, on live on radio telling him he's wrong and that they won't do what he asks them to do. And so like, I have no faith in Minister Donnelly's ability to do the job and that you, he's asked. And you believe he should resign? And I, I absolutely believe he should resign. Okay, and finally, of course, a lot of people very upset yesterday, not by the fact that there was a 6.5% increase in wages for public sector workers. I think everybody in the country deserves a rise at the moment, the way the, the country stands. But all deputies will also see their salaries rise by more than 6,500 to nearly 108,000 uh, a year under the new public sector pay deal negotiated by the government. It could result in there being a lump sum paid of more than 2,275 in November under a provision for 3% increase in 2022, backdated to February. Senators would also see a similar bullet payment of nearly 1,600. I mean, in other words, when you give public sector 
the public sector arise. Of course, you know, you're a member of the public sector, essentially. A politician is a member of the public sector. But should they be exempt from these rises, or certainly anybody in a six-figure sum, should they be exempt from those rises? Yeah, first of all, I think it's a kick in the teeth for uh, average income earners at this time of great difficulty. Uh, I think that if you look at a pensioner on a non-contributory pension, it's it's around €12,500 a year. So TDs will get a salary increase of six and a half grand, which is more than actually um, half of a full pension for a full year. Now that shows the gulf that exists between those on the lowest incomes in this state and, and, and politicians. I also think, and I'm a fan of Beck, Beck wrote a song once and he, he said you can't write if you can't relate. And I actually think politicians can't govern if they can't relate to the people they're meant to be representing. So when you have people on 25, 35, 45,000 euros a year on, around the kitchen table discussing issues like bills, how they're going to pay, how they're going to keep their lights on, how they're going to be able to travel to work, most of that is, is a million miles from the experience of TDs. And they can't relate to that. And therefore, the way they govern is affected uh, by well, that can you well. uh, Can you relate to it, Padre? I mean, do, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know you're on decent money. I'm not saying you're a millionaire, but I know you're on decent money. I mean, can you relate to, you know, Mary and Johnny and their two kids who literally, Mary, will be sitting at the kitchen table with, with Johnny crying their eyes out at the end of the month because they can't afford their bills or they can't afford decent food and they're getting, you know, uh, chips and beans constantly for the kids. Can you relate to that? You know, the most important thing I do on a weekly basis is sit in my constituency offices and talk to constituents as they come in. And every week we have dozens and dozens of constituents who are coming in to, to the We have three constituency offices in my constituency. And when you listen to the stories that are affecting people, it does mobilize you to act on their behalf. There's absolutely no doubt. And to be honest, for the vast majority of time, I, I have been a TD. I haven't taken the full salary uh, in relation to the, what's being paid out. Uh, and indeed, currently, I, I, I put some of that salary into local, uh, local uh, organizations who are helping people. So are you telling me you won't be taking this rise? Well, I won't be taking it personally. I'll be giving it to the likes of the Meals on Wheels and, and housing uh, okay, organizations in my own county to make sure that those people get the money that they need. But there's another point to this as well. We have a national debt, which is incredible, 241 billion euros at the moment. That's 100,000 euros of debt per worker in this state. And the largesse of TDs affording, giving themselves significant pay rises at that time is incredible. And like, TDs say they can't do anything about it because this is in legislation. But it's just the TDs that make the legislation and can amend the legislation. And the TDs could actually send a message of solidarity with people right now. Well, they, well, they could exempt themselves from the rise, couldn't they? They can exempt themselves uh, from the rise, but the, the, you know, when that's done, it happens in a haphazard fashion. Not everybody, m- the most of the TDs don't do that. Um, they may do it for six months, and then when the next year comes along, and, and they'll take it. The, the when, when nobody's looking, it, yeah. it, it, they'll take it. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air, Padre Toby, and for Maine too, and I appreciate your, your conversation today, particularly in relation to the energy crisis, which everybody is affected by at the moment. Real people, real opinions, real talk. Talk Radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.